0: Church family, I've been looking forward to this moment all week, and I'm thrilled that you made the decision to join us in worship on this Sunday. You know, we're all over the city, around the nation and around the globe, and despite an unprecedented week that we just had, craziest perhaps week of our lives, there's this truth of God who is present with us. God's word is so unshakable that as we come to God's word in a moment, it's going to remind us of who we are, this life that we've been invited into And we're in the fourth week of our sermon series in the season of Lent. And as we go to that passage in a moment, every week I marvel at the fact that though months ago we planned for this passage today, I find myself on this day thinking this is the perfect passage that God has for us to ground us, to encourage us, to give us a reason for why we live and a purpose to be sent out into this city and into this world Now, many of you are joining us, of course, online uh, through YouTube, and so you're just taking this in, you're enjoying it, but there's also a large group of you who are joining through our live.belair.org website, and you've probably figured this out already. There's a lot of options where you can chat with others. We've got our pastors, members of the prayer team, and moderators who are there right now. You can send in prayer requests. You can click on a tab to open up Scripture A lot of options for you to dig into. Many of you have been hearting, uh, liking what you're hearing and watching and participating in, and that comes across the screen. But if if you want to just put all of that aside, there's a little button you can click to maximize the picture on the screen. And as we do gather right now in this moment, I'm reminded that, you know, the forms of our faith and the forms of our worship have to change right now, but the focus stays the same. It's on Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the author of our salvation, the word become flesh. And so right now, as we go to God's word in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, it's such a great reminder that the written word of God points to Jesus, who is the living word, who is present with us, who invites us right now to bring our, our hopes, our fears, our anxieties, our worries to him so that he can transform us in ways that nothing else can. So right now, as we go to God's Word, this is, again, Mark chapter 2, and I love, uh, it's often been said about the gospel, according to Mark, that it, it reads like an action film. It's short, it's a lot of action, it gets right to the point, point. and many of you are familiar with this passage, Mark 2, 1 through 12. I've preached this a number of times over the last 20 years, I've heard a lot of sermons on it, and yet there's, there's an angle here that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate our hearts and our minds to for such a time as this. This is Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. When he, this is Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that were, in fact, no longer any room for them, not even in the front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This, my friends, is the reading of God's word. That phrase, we have never seen anything like this. I don't think I've heard that phrase more frequently in my life than this week. The stock market. We have never seen anything like this. People going home, away from work, away from school, away from the places where they normally do, and, and, and staying inside. We have never seen anything like this. Millions of parents losing their minds trying to figure out how to homeschool. We have never seen anything like this. We see numbers In the news, we see numbers all around that give us fear, that give us worry, that give us anxiety. That phrase, we have never seen anything like this. Coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of worry, coming from a place of doubt, leaves us frazzled, worn out, burnt out. There's been moments in this week, I I have to confess, I have to share with you, just, you've experienced it too. In the midst of all the circumstances around me, it's easy for me to get distracted and to get overwhelmed and to say, we have never seen anything like this. And it's in those moments I have to pause, take a deep breath. And it's not the pause, it's not the breath that bring the healing, it's a reminder in that moment of all the things that I know to be true about God. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That God says in Romans 8 that he works together all things according to his purposes for those whom he loves. In fact, this passage here reminds us that we can actually say we have never seen anything like this. Not from a place of fear, but from a place of faith. That we can actually say we have never seen anything like this. Not from a place of worry, but from a place of wonder. And my prayer right now for you, church is that the Spirit of God would do such a profound work in your life that you would grow closer to God than you ever have before, that you would actually step into the calling that Christ has on your life in more profound ways than you ever have before, that you would actually be part of what God is doing all around, that you would be part of ushering in the kingdom of God right here, right now, that you would see miracles, that you would see healings, that you would see things that you never would have dreamed of, feeling like you're in the midst of a movie, but filled with wonder and glory and awe because it was God who did it through you and for you and around you. You see, this passage in Mark 2, 1 through 12, ends with the reality that this man who was paralyzed also had his sins forgiven. They were marveling at the fact that his physical paralysis and his spiritual paralysis has both been healed in the exact same moment they were they were overwhelmed they're filled with joy you know so many times I've preached this sermon and I've heard sermons preached about this passage and so often I've said or I've heard we need to be those friends that grab the mat that carry those in need to the feet of Jesus and yes that's true In fact, many times I've even thought back to this moment in my life, it was about 10 years ago, where somebody who joined the church that I was a part of was actually paralyzed from the neck down. He joined the church and uh, was attending for a while, and he had not grown up in church, and not been raised in in a home of faith. And so it was God's word that spoke hope and joy and peace into his life. His circumstances had not yet changed at all, and yet he had a different perspective on his life because... He was beginning to realize the fullness of Jesus's love for him, that there would be this future reality that he would one day step into where he would be in God's presence, no longer physically paralyzed, that he would be able to dance and sing, that he would be able to embrace other people, that this future reality that he was one day looking forward to having, he knew that in faith He could have a centeredness of joy and of peace right now. And so he actually, he gave his life to Christ. He said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And in that moment, his spiritual paralysis was healed. And he used that language. He talked that way. He says, you know, I'm physically paralyzed, but spiritually, I'm free. I have this perspective. I have this hope. And so after a little bit of time, he came to us. And he said, I want to be baptized. And so we're thinking, wow, this is great. You know, we'll, we'll sprinkle some water, you know, on you. And he said, no, no, no. I want to get into the baptismal. The church that I used to be at had this big tank. And of course, it's not about the amount of water. It's about what Christ has already done. And so the water is simply a symbol. And yet he chose. He says, no, no I, I, want to, I want to get into the tank. So now we're thinking, okay, this is, how are we going to do this? Try to convince him, you know, it might be a lot easier just to you know, sprinkle some water on your head. You know, it's not about the amount of water. He says, no, I want to get in the tank. And so it was a service. It was an evening service. There was hundreds of people there. And he came up, up onto the stage. We talked about it in advance. We thought, okay, you know, two of the biggest guys could pull this off. We could do this. And immediately I realized as one of the two... I needed help. Somebody ran up from the seats. The three of us still couldn't get him up out of his chair and into the big tank. A fourth person from the congregation literally ran up onto the stage. They'd never been up on the stage before. And the four of us truly lifted him up and it was the most physically awkward, uh, unelegant, least graceful thing possible. And we got him into the tank. And the Smile on his face. The joy was just radiating off of him. I was filled with tears. Being able to be one of four who carried this man into the tank. And so often, you know, we've thought about, you know, I want to be that kind of a person. I want to be able to carry people to the feet of Jesus. I want to be a servant. I want to be a leader. I want to be able to to help usher people into the presence of God. I've never heard a sermon. And I've never preached a sermon that puts ourselves in the shoes of the paralytic. But what's so fascinating, this week has really reminded me, is that every single person on the planet right now is on a mat. We're emotionally paralyzed. We are paralyzed of knowing What's in store next week? Some of us are physically frozen. And it reminds me at this moment in time where our nation, where the globe seems to be coming to a standstill for a moment. It reminds me that there's a truth in scripture that says, spiritually, we are all born paralyzed on a mat. In fact, Jesus says in a amazing teaching in John 15. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And he goes on to say, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I've never thought about that phrase this way until this week. He says, apart from me, you are paralyzed. Apart from me, there's nothing that you can do. Apart from me, there's nothing that you can do that's of good, of value in this world. And of course, Jesus is the giver of life. And so any good that is done, even outside of somebody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, truly is done actually because Jesus has given them breath, has given them life, has given them wisdom. There's this thing called the common good where everything good in all of creation is actually a gift from God, whether people believe in it or not. And yet Jesus says to his followers, apart from me, you can do nothing. In fact, Romans 3.23 says this, that all people have fallen short. All people have sinned, and they fall short of the glory of God. So this text reminds us that this isn't just about four heroes that come in and carry a friend to the feet of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to heal this man physically to remind you that I have the authority to heal people spiritually. That's the point. He says that we're all dead to sin, and he says, I can make you alive. And so right now, as the whole world, in a sense, is on the map, it's an opportunity for us right here, right now, to truly let that sink in, that we need to be carried to the feet of Jesus. You know, every single week we have people in person, online, who join our services that haven't yet put their faith and trust in Jesus. It's not your good deeds that makes you alive. Uh, It's not your record of church attendance or, or your giving that makes you spiritually alive. It's nothing other than faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, it says that the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through faith and trust in Jesus. And so every single week we have this opportunity where we can ask people to give their life to Jesus for the first time. And right here, right now, wherever you are, whether it's in Los Angeles or in the U.S. or across the globe, if you're hearing this right now, if you're watching this right now, And if you have yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want you to know that these words are carrying you to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to heal you first by giving you a new identity in Christ. He wants to heal you by giving you a hope that can't be taken away. He wants to heal you by giving you a purpose that is part of a family that can never be shaken. And he will begin to heal you not just spiritually, But emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, in all the ways that only Jesus can. And He's going to do it in His own time. He's going to do it in His own way. He's going to do it in His own purpose and plan. Would you allow yourself in this moment to be carried to the feet of Jesus? And at the same time, there's a lot of people right now who are watching who have grown up in church, who are leaders in this church, myself included, who am realizing right now there's actually parts of me that are still spiritually dead, that need spiritual healing, that need actually Jesus to heal. And there's parts of me that need literally to be carried to the feet of Jesus. I was thinking about just in this last week, there was a moment where I was so overwhelmed trying to pivot our entire church family into this new reality, this new era. We have no idea how long this is going to go, But right now, we need to be the church more than ever, and we have to recalibrate as a staff, as leadership, as a church family. Uh, I'm overwhelmed still at the loss of so many things that I still get and hear. There's people who have lost kids in childbirth this week. There's people who have lost jobs this week. There's people who have lost their retirement fund this week. There's seniors that have lost their senior year, prom, graduation. There are people who have lost projects that they thought that they had that have now dried up. It was so overwhelming. It was so just, uh, I said to my wife, almost tears, I can't even focus my eyes right now. And there was this moment where I was so overwhelmed And in that moment, there was a part of me that needed to be carried to the feet of Jesus. And it was a part of me that wasn't trusting. It was a part of me that wasn't in that moment running right to God's word. There was a part of me that wasn't running to Jesus in prayer. It was a part of me that allowed the circumstances to become louder than God's word. So I, as somebody who's been following Jesus for 20 years, a pastor, I need to be carried to the feet of Jesus. And if I do, I think you do too. My question for you right now is will you allow yourself to be carried to the feet of Jesus? And if you're too proud, if you have so much hubris and you're saying, no, no, I'm fine, it's coming. A moment where you're going to realize that your plan, the things that you've run to, your security blankets, whatever it might be that you thought would give you the security, if it's not Jesus, those things one day will run out. So whether it's your first time or it's your thousandth time, would you allow the truth of God's word right now in this moment to carry you to the feet of Jesus? In fact, I want to stop. I want to lead you in a prayer. Whether it's your first time or your thousandth time, you're at home, uh, you're out for a walk, you're in your car, parked somewhere hopefully, wherever you are right now, would you just pause with me and I want to pray for you and I'm going to lead you in a prayer because we can't move on past this moment talking about how we're going to be the church, how we're going to serve, how we're going to love, how we're going to lift this city up, how we're going to meet the needs of those around us until we allow ourselves to be carried to the feet of Jesus. So let's pray. Jesus, there's a mat that we're stuck on. There's a mat that is holding us back from the true freedom and the life to the full that you promise. For some of us, that's fear. For some of us, that's overwhelming anxiety. For some of us, it's anger. For some of us, it's simply not trusting you in certain areas of our life. Or for some of us, it's not trusting you for the first time. So Jesus, whether it's been the first time or the thousandth time, we can pray this prayer again. Jesus, I'm at your feet. You see the fullness of me. I need your healing in all the areas that I'm not even aware of. So Jesus, You be you, be the healer, be the Lord, be the King, be the Savior that I trust that you are. Do that healing work that only you can do. I confess you as Lord, I confess you as Savior, you heal me spiritually and you bring me from death to life. May that change my perspective in this moment. May that reorient me to the circumstances around me. May it cause me to run to you. May it cause me and those around me to say, I have never seen anything like this. Jesus, we thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you're a rock. We thank you that you're a redeemer. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray and we say together, amen. That's a prayer I think I'm going to have to pray every single day this week, this month, perhaps this year. When you allow yourself to be carried to the feet of Jesus, you begin to not only get healed, but then you get a purpose. You get to be part of God's kingdom work here on earth as it is in heaven. And these friends, they've already been healed by Jesus. They've already been set free by Jesus. They know that it is Jesus who is the answer, who is the author, who is the perfecter, who is the prince of peace. And so they know that it's worth fighting the crowds, ripping the roof off to just get this person who is in need to the feet of Jesus. And so when we are healed, we can become healers ourselves. When we have been redeemed by Jesus, we can be ambassadors of that redemption for other people. And as a church, there is no time like the present right now that our city needs us, that our nation needs us, that our world needs us. There's so many ways in which we as individuals, and as a church family can reach out and lift up those around us in need. Maybe it's somebody who's a loved one. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Don't wait for the staff to put together a program for you to go out and be the church. We are ramping things up, and we want to equip you, and we want to resource you. In fact, you can go online right now to bellerpress.org forward slash outreach. There's three key areas in which there's need right now in this city. Uh, Many of you can uh, join online and to share with other people what God is doing. You know, right now, actually, it is an interesting moment. You could actually, right here, you could pull out your phone. You know, we always have that meet and greet moment where we're going across the sanctuary, we're greeting one another. Why don't you do this? Why don't you pull out your phone? And if you're watching it on your phone already, you can minimize this, and I'll come back to it in a second. But why don't you just text somebody in your contact list, and say, I'm experiencing a worship service right now at bellair.org forward slash watch. I thought of you. Would love for you to watch it. You never know if by using your phone, how that might enable somebody to get to the feet of Jesus. In fact, why don't we reframe these for for a moment. We live so much of our lives on this thing. Maybe as many hours as that paralytic was on the mat. I mean, from sunrise to sundown. We're on these things. You can hold on to this. And you can use it to lift everyone up that you can reach with this? We're at a place in time where you don't have to physically be present to carry somebody to Jesus Christ. It can be a text, it can be a phone call, it can be a video chat, it can be sharing something of hope where you can carry somebody to the feet of Jesus. So would you this week be one of those friends? You don't have to see them physically. You can practice that spatial distancing if you want, but you can use this thing to lift other people up. And I'm going to trust you're going to pray to God about it, that you're going to go to God and say, bring people to mind. And I guarantee you that as you do that, you will begin to do things and say things and believe in things and have the courage that you've never had before. And you will begin to say, and people will begin to say, we have never seen anything like this. Where's your joy come from? Where's your peace come from? Where's this, this boldness come from? It comes from Jesus, the author, our rock, our savior. So as we are sent out and worship in a moment, would you commit to be a healed healer? You've got to come to Jesus first. You've got to allow him to do the work in you. And as we are sent out to worship him, to proclaim him with our lips and our lives, the world will be changed. There's no going back. We can reclaim this moment for the glory of God who is unshakable in this moment. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you tell us in scripture that even the gates of hell can't prevail against your church. Things are upended right now, markets and businesses, and we pray for all those in our church family who have been affected. And yet at the same time, there is this eternal reality that your church, your bride, your hands and your feet, the body of Christ can adapt to every situation on the planet that there is nothing that can happen that can thwart your purposes and your plan. So Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, would you empower all of us to be ambassadors for you? Would you send us out with your love, with your hope, with your truth? Jesus, we thank you. And as we turn to you in worship, you are worth it. Let's praise our King. Amen.